You're listening to What She Said, a podcast about blogging, creativity and life online hosted by me, Lucy Lucraft, a freelance journalist and blogger based in Brighton. Hello and welcome to another episode of What She Said. In this episode, I interview a fellow podcaster, Kat Horrocks, who runs the podcast and community and blog, The Creative Introvert. We talked all about what it's like to be a creative introvert, uh, the difference between introverts and extroverts, and Kat had some amazing tips to give any fellow introverts out there who want to start a creative career. Lastly, I just wanted to remind you that my course, Your First Byline, is open for enrollment at the moment. Payment plans are available. If you have any questions about it, just drop me an email, hello at lucylucraft.com. Also, thank you to our sponsor for the episode, which is the Blogger Course. There'll be a little advert in the middle of this episode, but for now, I just wanted to say thank you. Please support Monica's course as much as she's supporting this podcast. Yeah, that's it. On with the episode. Hi, Kat. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Lucy. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you so much for being a part of it. So for anybody who doesn't know who you are, do you want to just give us a little rundown of your journey so far? Sure. I mean, I could start with, so I'm the creative introvert, at least that's what I call myself online. And I actually didn't know that I was an introvert until a friend of mine a good few years ago. I was kind of like moaning to them about uh, not liking to work in-house for design clients because that's my background, web design, that kind of thing. And why I quit my job in the first place in an agency uh, was because, you know, it, it was actually just being around other people all day long and the bright lights and, and all of that. And he said, oh, but, you know, that's because you're an introvert. And I was like, well, I'm not shy. This, I, I'm okay with people, aren't I? <laughs> um, questioningly. Um, and he explains the definition of introvert being somebody who gets their energy from spending time alone versus an extrovert who kind of absorbs energy when they're around other people. And I was like, OK, this this does make sense. Um, it could explain why I felt so drained when I was working in the office job and why I do my best work solo. Uh, and then I kind of just started really geeking out on the whole topic of introverts and um, personality type uh obviously read Susan Cain's Quiet and <laughs> so many more um and at the same time uh I was meeting other creatives you know kind of with a small c just uh other illustrators designers stuff like that and noticing that we were pretty much all introverts even though introverts tend to be on the minority um in the population and you know I was wondering are there any connections there either way there should definitely be some kind of online community where we can talk to each other and you know about the problems that we face in you know whether we're freelance or um working it uh, in agencies stuff like um like managing our energy or getting our work out there and talking about our work when these kind of things don't come maybe naturally to us mm. um and so I started a blog I started that online community which is now the league of creative introverts and just kind of kept going and now I'm podcasting and doing a bit of coaching and online teaching um in like uh, I, I still do some design work and stuff like that but it's it's nice to be able to talk about the stuff that I like geeking out on with other people who appreciate that. <laughs> I am, um, I have to say I relate so much. I relate so, so much to all of it. And when we chatted before for your podcast, which I'll link in the show notes, we talked a little bit about school and how mm. really 
school can really screw screw you up as an introvert because um and and office jobs because they don't really reward or certainly in my experience they don't reward introverts mm-hmm. um and it's really hard, isn't it, when you're an introvert to do things like sell and mm-hmm. and follow the blueprints for selling a product or being freelance and pitching yourself to people because that sort of stuff does not necessarily come naturally to somebody who is completely drained of energy <laughs> and yeah. doesn't want to network. Completely. And so much of the, um, you know, even if you are trying to do all the right things, whether it's for your business or anything else, and you're getting information and advice from people who aren't of the same or similar personality type to you. And so I think there's a lot of kind of confusion um, around that. And people assume then that marketing or self-promotion just is just not for them. And they kind of give up on it. And that's the sad thing. And Mm. I saw that. And and similarly in school, I I was the quiet one and just assumed that I would never be somebody who'd raise their hand. But now that I've gotten a little bit more comfortable with that idea of, um, you know, I've kind of like been able to expand my comfort zone slowly. And so now I'm okay with, um, you know, raising my hand to speak or uh, in a class or a workshop I go to. And it's sad that kids aren't encouraged in that kind of gentle way, mm. you know, making people, uh, helping people feel safe. And, you know, maybe it's smaller groups. And I know schools, uh, it, obviously it's a resource thing, but I also think it's um, a mindset thing. It's this cultural idea that we're all great at being in groups and we're not yeah yeah I completely agree um and yeah of course it's easier said than done I went to a state school there was four you know between 30 and 40 of us in a class Mm. but I think really it's exactly what you say it is a mindset thing because if, if if teachers have been empowered to not teach in the style of I am at the front authoritative and you are all looking at me and you only get to, to say anything if you put your hand up in front of this big group of people. If the mindset had been a little bit different and they'd been empowered to teach in a different way. And some teachers, I suppose some teachers do, but I certainly didn't have any. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, I, but I hated school, so. <laughs> didn't help. So taking it back to when you decided to go freelance and leave your agency job, what were the steps that you took there? Because it sounds like it was pretty transformative. Yeah, that was interesting time. I hadn't really been happy at any point in my work life, which really, honestly, in agencies was around four years. So it's, it's not like I really gave it too much of a go, but um, it was straight after uni. And I think everyone in that position mostly has a difficult time. So I just assumed um, everyone was you know, we're we're all kind of like struggling, but other people were better at dealing with it than I was. Um, And I'd kind of spoken to my boss about it before, because I knew for a fact that I did better work when I was at home. um, And just various other things, like I like to wear headphones, and a lot of people do, and they were actually a very lenient agency, of course, they were going to like, let us do things like that. And obviously, not all jobs, you're allowed to do Mm. things like that. Um, But after I was speaking to my boss about it enough times he was just like like I really can't do anything we um we've been looking into it we've you know tried to work out if we could just employ you half time but then we'd have to get somebody else and it just came down to there isn't anything we can do to change the situation so I was like well okay um let's leave on good terms it was just like a, a bit of a breakup really um but the other thing that kind of got me to 
sort of pull the plug because it isn't easy to kind of take away that security and go down the freelance route. I didn't know anything about freelancing at the time anyway. Um, but I'd booked myself a trip on January 1st, like when was that, 2013, to go to Japan um, for three weeks. And that was my thing. I was like, well, I can't get all of that holiday from my work, so I'm just going to have to quit by March. Um, <laughs> and so I had to do something like that to to make it um to get it in the diary. But but really, I didn't really think too much. I think I just reached the end of my tether enough times. Mm. Yeah, so it was kind of an ultimatum. Yeah. So what about for for those for those people who aren't as lucky and privileged as us, because I was a, I did a similar thing in that I'd never felt comfortable in an office. And I, I worked in offices from uni up until, yeah, for a long time, actually, from to almost 10 years before mm-hmm. I went freelance and the way I did it was that I was going traveling so I just quit my job it wasn't yeah. so much I'm setting up on my own but we have both of us I mean I don't want to presume your privilege but both of us have a heap of privilege in yep. the respect that we were able to do that what about for the many many people who are yeah they they can't yeah exactly they can't do it but also have been going through life constantly thinking there's something wrong with them because they have never been satisfied in an office job well that's a good point and it's really hard because every situation is so different and you know I always wonder okay well you know first things first what exactly don't you like about your situation and is there anything that is in your control to change it for example one of the things that I did when I was in the job was change my how I was commuting to work because that was another like added stress like obviously when you're being a sardine on a tube um, you could probably make that life a bit easier for yourself even if it's getting up even earlier and getting a bus to work Mm -hmm. Uh, personally that really worked out for for me even though it took me so long to get to work I didn't care because I got a seat on a bus Um, so little things like that just helped my day and then it's you know have you spoken to your boss about this and um, I think even Susan Cain does talk a bit about this in her book like and obviously it's easier said than done but I think there are other little things like could I work in a quiet part of the office could I work from home which I do think is increasing a lot more that is becoming a lot more common that people are okay with people working from home um, maybe one day a week and but then it's also just to, to, to acknowledge that fact that actually it is really common and weirdly when I had sort of gone public no when I'd started talking as the creative introvert a lot of people from that agency and people I knew um were like oh yeah that's just like me like that's exactly how I feel um and you know I'm not probably going to change my situation but thanks for making me aware that there are other people who feel this way um and it's not even that they don't like the work or don't like the people it's just the environment itself I think that yeah I really 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 relate to that because there were some there are some parts of my previous life um in retail that I that I really mi- sometimes miss um mm. but the overall environment of it was coming into work commuting into central london sitting in an office with people talking at me open plan offices ugh mm. with right. squished in with desks next to each other no privacy having to Oh, yuck. It's kind of making me shudder. <laughs> right. And I think when people get clear about those little things, because I think if you were just in general, generally in a malaise about the whole mm. thing and, oh, I know I hate work, but I'm actually not really sure why, that first step of clarity will probably help your situation either in talking to other people about it 
or in looking for something that is more suited to what you want because just hopping from another workplace which is like the same but different isn't going to be helpful but if you know exactly what it is then at least you'll know what you want yeah totally that's a really good practical tip because and also we I think we both recognize that yeah it's not it's not necessarily going to be easy or achievable for everybody to ask their boss for flexible working or whatever although that is your right to do so it's everybody's right to do so but I I do I do understand that that won't necessarily happen also if you if your job is to work um, in a front-facing retail job, then there's no chance that you can work from home. However, if you can, yeah, identify the root cause of why you feel icky and rubbish about your work life and then also look at what you can do to control it. I really liked the tip about commuting. Mm, because yeah. that is a big chunk of your day as well, isn't it? If you can change little things like that or carve out time for yourself at home, at the weekends. It, it all helps. Every little helps. <laughs> yeah, so there was this um, this research that was done after there was a big tube strike in London. Um, and loads of people obviously had to take a different route to work. Uh, but out of those people who, you know, took a different route, whether it was the bus or walking, I think about like 30% of people didn't go back to their original mode of transport. And I think that's just really interesting in that these people wouldn't have otherwise taken that route Mm -hmm. and they found a better route. And you can apply that to like so much of what we do um, in life. We have our routines and we don't think to change them. But when we do, you know, we find something that works better for us. So I'm, I'm all about that. And it's something that I kind of rant about a lot. It's, you know, finding what works for you. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. If you've ever listened to the podcast before, you'll have heard me mention the Blogger course. And for good reason too. Monica Stock created the Travel Hack back in 2009. And since then, she's become one of the most respected travel bloggers in the UK, if not the world. She's worked with a gazillion brands and she even has her own suitcase, which is amazing, by the way. Over a series of weeks, Monica shares tips on creating video content, branding, writing, and the dreaded niche. (laughs) In fact, this was such a game changer of a chapter for me that I went from thinking I was just a travel blogger to knowing that I am something completely different and that I have a super tight niche. It really, really changed my blogging life. The course isn't the only thing that you'll get as all chapters are available for audio download and when you join you become a member of the Private Blogger Course Facebook group where members share tips, tricks and opportunities too. Monica also gave members of the course the chance to join her on a press trip this year. In fact I think they've been on two Blogger Course Weekenders with Wow Trip um, and there's more to come so that's a pretty cool opportunity and it's not one that I've seen with any other course. If you want to sign up, head to thebloggercourse.com today and get 20% off with the code what she said. That's 20% off with the code what she said. Going from working um, in an agency to creating what is basically a community of creative introverts, how did you cope with networking and getting yourself out there? Yes. Uh, so yeah. I just didn't. No, I'm, I, I did. My kind out, of girl. <laughs> yeah, I, I worked out fairly quickly that whenever I did, because the kind of networking I was doing in the early days was kind of accidental networking. I just went to a particular meetup group that was for illustrators. And that was me to, thinking, I need advice. Like I was going there to ask questions about the industry because I wasn't, I didn't know much about it, didn't know much about freelancing. Um, and from there, I started to realize this is 
what people mean by oh you have to meet people face to face it's not what you know it's who you know and Mm -hmm. and all of those other annoying things that especially introverts don't want to hear um at the same time I was fully aware that networking um the formal networking events that I then tried for like proper business people just drained me um I would go there and want to leave almost instantly um if I did anything, I'd probably try to get a bit too drunk and then yeah. realize that I'd have to leave anyway if I wasn't going to make a fool of myself. Um, <laughs> and, you know, best case scenario, I was just talking to one person and certainly not about um, work. So it really wasn't very effective for me. Um, and then, like, just over the years, I, I basically stopped doing it and purely relied on online Um marketing and meeting people through Facebook groups and having chats on Twitter. Um, But even then, I guess that can only go so far. Um, The thing that I kind of rested on was going back to the original thing, which I did enjoy, which was going to meetups with like-minded people. Mm. Because if I'm honest, like I've never directly found um, like clients or customers from the traditional kind of networking events mm. and that's partly probably because of my industry but even in web design they've always been like really um strange like l- the clients always come out of left field and I'm sure a lot of people listening can relate to that phenomenon um especially for an introvert who isn't particularly good at networking mm-hmm. so I kind of just have started to go easy on myself and rather than going to the formal networking events going to meetups and workshops seminars talks like places with other people um and using those as kind of practice one for being able to speak to real people and not just talk to people on skype or on facebook (laughs) um but but also to form those connections and to think okay even if that's not going to be the person who hires me they might know somebody and and that's how it works and honestly you can do that anyway you don't have to go to a BNI or any other kind of uh, networking event where do you find them though well meetup.com is ah yes I forgot about meetup.com and they're again they are very like casual in the sense that most of them really are for people to make friends um one other thing that I did is obviously I started my own um that's what I did when I came to Brighton and Mm. had like literally no friends no contacts no um all of my London contracts they all wanted me in-house and I was like no not doing the commute no thank you yeah. <laughs> um, which was like it kind of you know shooting myself in the foot but it did force me outside of that comfort zone and um yeah so so I started my own meetup group because I knew I could control the variables that uh made it introvert friendly yeah. and I was really very aware of that and now I'm I'm still kind of like trying to fly that flag and I'm really interested in cultivating small groups of people usually introverts um because I, I still think we need a dose of that yeah um I agree. and then making sure that they are like really relaxed um chilled environments and that things don't go on for too long like my current meetup group is about an hour and a half people can stay for longer if they want but there's like none of that pressure to be yeah. like oh god I have to make it to the end or I have to make an awkward exit yeah and no one likes to do that so just lots of little things. And I'm really like, I guess, passionate about how can you make something that is social, that still like kind of appeals to our social needs, because that's the other thing about introverts. It's not like all introverts need zero people. And that is the most energizing mm. thing. It's we need a certain amount. And even within the introvert spectrum, 
we all need different amounts of that. Um, so yeah, it's it's trying to cultivate that and and look for it in other places. Like I love yoga classes for that reason. You certainly don't have to talk in a yoga class, probably shouldn't. Um, but you still have the <laughs> option at the end or at the beginning to have a little bit of chat yeah, and uh, yeah. and build friendships over time. So so yeah, for me, it, it's been just finding out and I'll admit they're few and far between, mm. but finding out the other kind of events I can go to um, that are more introvert friendly. But it sounds like that's all come from really getting to know yourself and not necessarily just labeling yourself as, oh, hey, I'm introverted. That's that. I fit into that box. It's more, I'm an introvert, but I am comfortable with this and I'm not comfortable with that. So I'm going to, which I think is a really good message. Yeah, that whole thing. I mean, self-knowledge in the sense of um, everything from like what time I like to get up, how late I want to stay out for me, not very late. Um, (laughs) And just all of these different intricacies. I just think that most people, we aren't taught. It's almost like, sounds a bit, I guess in a way selfish, like, oh, you're like really investigating yourself. Good for you. (laughs) But actually it's a really like selfless thing because the more you know yourself, the better you can show up for other people. Oh yeah, 100%. And I I think people listening to the podcast will really relate to it. If you're a mother, if you um, have a partner, if you have a business that you know you're in charge of any of these things or just just anything, you can't serve anybody else until you look after yourself. And the idea that self-care is a selfish thing is something that I think has been proliferated really it's quite patriarchal um that women shouldn't look after themselves because I even really think the term self-care and the wellness industry really profits from insecurities Mm. that we all feel I don't know right that might be no that that is really interesting and I feel like with men as well it's kind of like sacrifice you're Mm. meant to sacrifice in order to you know be respected and that again it comes down to we're not um looking after ourselves basically yeah totally and what are the the kind of best bits of advice that you would have for fellow introverts um on getting to know yourself getting to understand if you're an introvert to start off with Mm -hmm. I know you've got a lot of resources on your on your website um and also what type of introvert you are if indeed you are one yeah, um, definitely lots of different tests you can take. The Myers-Briggs being one of the most um, popular. And if you were to search for 16 personalities, um, that's a fun one because it's just a really well-designed free quiz that will quickly tell you your, kind of t- tell you your Myers-Briggs type, which is four letters. Um, the first one is whether you're an introvert or an extrovert. And the others tell you other little characteristics. Um and it's got like a fun little cartoon at the end. So that's, that's, I like that one. But, <laughs> what um, are you? What are you? I, I'm an INTJ. Me which, too. Oh, are you? It's Very really cool. rare. <laughs> it is rare, especially in females. So yeah, it's it's really it's um it's really fun to kind of share that with people. Um, that's great if you are at a networking event. Um, but there are others as well. Like I really love um Gretchen Rubin's yeah. The Four Tendencies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, because this is just so it's all about how you um get motivated really and whether it comes from within or from without and just little things like that so I've kind of got um a resource somewhere on my site I'll try and find a link for you but just lots of different tests that you can take um, and they're all going to tell you something else about yourself um so searching for those tests and then it's like for me it's 
how am I like living my life? Um, and for example, the, the, what time is best for me to wake up was a big one. And say, even if you have like a nine to five job and you do want to like cultivate a creative hobby on the side, you know, the classic thing is, well, just do it when you get home from work. For me, that was never going to be an option. Mm. Um, whereas in the morning, I found it much easier to set my alarm half an hour early to do a bit of blogging because I think I was blogging before I quit my job. Um, totally different blog. It was about health and fitness. <laughs> but, but basically, for me, it was definitely a before work thing. Might not be for everyone. Um, something else I do a lot of is journaling. Um, and that is just a way for me to kind of clarify my thoughts. And I think that's particularly good for introverts mm. because speaking my thoughts to other people is much more difficult than just writing, especially if, if it's just for myself. No one else has to see my journal um, and I can just kind of clarify what I'm thinking. Um, and that has really helped me get to know myself way more. Mm. Yeah, I think journaling comes up quite a lot in our sort of circles as something that can be a really powerful tool. For some reason, I don't find it to be it amazing for me but then again that's just for self self kind of discovery isn't it that I know that I process things by talking about them okay fair enough I'm a real talker so sometimes I find that I'm processing things by either whatsapp voice noting my friends or on instagram stories which is kind of mad (laughs) but I do I do journal a little bit as well and I know stacks of people heaps of people find it to be quite amazing yeah I've also got people who it's 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 less tangible for them so they prefer to make art and just Mm. through that has helped them kind of express themselves and I think that's a big part of it as well you don't have to be super clear you can work in like symbols and stuff like that and go down like some real like (laughs) um, depth psychology route but um that's the other thing it's kind of tricky with the self-knowledge because again different things are going to work for different people Mm. um on on this discovery but yeah that's interesting about um you kind of working things through more like from other people Mm. but that is also really helpful like there are certain people I can go to coffee with and I'll come back and be like this thing is solved it's like free therapy it's amazing (laughs) (laughs) but this is why I kind of always it's something I've really battled with is having a coach and really leaning in to get support, leaning in, I shouldn't use that term because I hate it, but <laughs> <laughs> leaning on other people for support. Um, you know, it's, I know it probably feels very much like a phenomena of the 21st century, but women are increasingly turning to coaches and mentors to support them, especially in their freelance businesses. And when you're self-employed and there's just you and you've got no colleagues, no HR department, nobody to touch base with, it can be incredibly lonely, even for an introvert mm-hmm. <laughs> who loves, yeah, I like, I absolutely love working by myself all day it's my favorite thing in the world I love it I get the most done I'm the most productive I'm the most happy but I need support yeah no I, I, there are a couple of things like I like this idea of for sure coaching um I was really skeptical about that for the longest time until I kind of accidentally got one uh, <laughs> and then it started to work out um it was so powerful for that kind of you know part of it was needing to feel a bit seen honestly and and that sounds like oh I use my coach as a crutch but it's really nice for somebody to be like okay I acknowledge like acknowledge that Mm. that you've done this work and you know take some 
take a step back and just see what you've done. You actually sometimes need somebody else to be that mirror in yeah. a way. Um, and then after a certain amount of time, it's almost like I could take the stabilizer wheels off yeah. and do it myself. So I think that's something really good about a coach that you don't have to have them forever, but for kind of getting you to notice these things in yourself yeah. um, and that you do have the answers in yourself because trust me, like a coach does not give you the answers. Mm. It helps you find them. Mm. Um, or at least I think a good coach does that. Um, and then this other idea of having a mastermind. So like, you know, a handful of other people who don't even have to be doing anything like what you're doing, but they might, maybe you, the thing that you all have in common is that you have online businesses or handmade businesses, or you all want to write a book. Um, and that's when you can have that kind of support group. Um, and again, keeping it small, I think that is a really helpful thing that I've had from time to time as well. Yeah, I see. I'm, I'm in a group coaching, I guess it's, I guess it is, yeah, mastermind um, at the moment. And we're all meeting up in person next week, I think. And I think there's something quite magical about six six or so a small group of women meeting up mm. and just just talking which sounds so woo and sounds really fluffy <laughs> and all of those things that we just never want to associate with ourselves even though they're perfectly fine <laughs> um but yeah there's something really great that oh I think we just can't underestimate you know yeah yeah it's it's kind of like exponential it's mm. not just like one person it's something amazing happens and you don't honestly like you don't even have to be mates with those people no, it's just this thing of like being able to have that oh yeah I agree I've had that problem too have you looked at it from this point of view or just like let's I mean it's not even just about having a moan because I, I don't think that is helpful but being able to um, see little things in yourself that's like having multiple mirrors yeah. right and I think also you know it doesn't necessarily have to be about hiring an expensive coach or going doing an expensive group coaching program or anything like that I think um exactly what you were saying in terms of just finding going seeking out those opportunities like a yoga class or like being in a coffee shop that's a co-working space we mm. in Brighton we have small batch which is an yeah. independent coffee shop and um it's a really great place to co-work and the one near me has like the that used to be the roastery has that co-working section mm. places like that are pretty good if you're so inclined that would be my nightmare but you know <laughs> these are all ways that you can do it or using meetup.com or just forming um a circle of your kind of friends that you meet online and either meeting up in person or just bashing out ideas over skype it, i mm. mean there are there are a lot of opportunities, so I don't I don't want to say that everybody has to pay for an expensive coach. Yeah, but absolutely. if you can, if if your means allow, then I would definitely encourage it. Mm -hmm. That's probably what I would say. Yeah. No. So that feels like a good spot to end it on. Um, let us know where everybody can find you online, and also all the different um, resources that you offer for creative introverts. Yes, indeed. Thank you. Um, so best place to find me online is thecreativeintrovert.com uh, and so the the best thing that I think I'm offering at least for free is my podcast so um, I put out a weekly podcast like yourself and uh, there are lots of resources um, that you'll find there uh, then I've got the League of Creative Introverts so that opens um, a couple of times a year um, but you can sign up to the waitlist and find out more about that 
but yeah other than that um I'm on all the social medias at creative intro and yeah I'd love to hear from you if anyone wants to send me an email or just say hello on any of those um links go ahead thank you so so much for being a part of the podcast no thank you for having me it's been fun thanks for listening you can find me at Lucy Lucraft everywhere. You can find old episodes of what she said over at lucylucraft.com where you'll also find me chatting about all things blogging, travel, vegan life and zero waste living too. Lastly, I know everybody asks this and it's a total pain in the ass, but please think about leaving the show a rating and review. It makes a huge difference to getting the show out to new listeners. And for every review you leave, I'll donate £2 to charity. The process of leaving a review can be a little bit painful on Apple Podcasts, I know from experience, but there's a tutorial if you go to my Instagram feed, it's in the highlights, in the highlights entitled podcast. I've left a little video tutorial of how you do it. And just remember that every review that you leave, I give £2 to charity. The charity this month is Endometriosis UK.